Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, MD. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. This is a show designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, MD, and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that you may learn something that may take your health and life to a higher level. I would like to remind you that this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. All right, so I want to thank you for joining me again this week as we continue with our series on breast cancer. Today we get to hear from uh, the point of view of a breast cancer survivor. Judy Pearson is a speaker and writer who survived breast cancer and became a co-founder of the Women Survivors Alliance. And this is an organization aimed at helping women navigate cancer survivorship. Judy Pearson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a great pleasure to be with you. And I'm really, really so excited to talk with you. We've had a chance to talk to others on the other side of, you know, cancer treatment. We've, we've talked to surgeons and primary care doctors and so forth. And I've been very excited at the thought of talking to someone who survived breast cancer but also went on to do something about it. Now, you were diagnosed with breast cancer, and I wonder if you could just share with us what that experience was like for you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I never thought I'd be a celebrity because I got cancer. So this is, you know, yet another benefit to the whole thing. (laughs) You're looking for the silver lining. Um, I was diagnosed um, in April of 2011. It's sort of like the day your husband proposed or the day your child was born. You remember the exact date. For me, it was April 8th, September 11th. And um, I was, in fact, a newlywed. And my eldest son was preparing for a six-month deployment to Afghanistan. So I had a lot of other things on my mind. I was midway through um, writing my third book. Um, life was um, not without challenges, of course, but you know I pretty much had things in control and, and knew what was going to happen next and where we were going to go and all those kinds of things. So the cancer diagnosis was um, a total shock. Um, I had had a clean mammogram reading in December and found a lump um, by the end of February and then delayed because life intervened. We went on a cruise and, you know, I went through the, the typical diagnostics. I went to my doctor and she said, well, when you get back from the cruise, let's do another scan. And then that went to an ultrasound and then that went to a biopsy. So when the diagnosis day finally came around, several months um, had passed. And um, I was very carefully scanned for going forward <clears throat> because I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer, which is um, rather rare. It's about a 15%, about 15% of 
breast cancer diagnoses are triple negative. And they were very interested in the fact that I was diagnosed with it because generally it is the breast cancer that younger women get or women of color or women of Ashkenazi Jewish descent. And um, I am none of those. Um, well, I'm pretty sure I'm not a woman of color and I knew I wasn't young and I don't think I have um, uh, Jewish um, heritage. So it was a very rare um, diagnosis. And it's a very aggressive form of breast cancer and needs to be treated equally aggressively. So that was my introduction to the, the new lesson I was, lessons I was going to learn about breast cancer. And I might add, um, I actually have an article this month in uh, the Today's Chicago Woman magazine talking about the fact that when you are diagnosed with breast cancer or any cancer, whatever you knew previously is a minute portion of what you're going to learn. You become an expert in all things cancer pretty fast. And in my case, because I'm a researcher by trade, I started researching really, really thoroughly to learn everything I could about the disease. Wow, that, that is um, quite a story. And the idea that, you know, being diagnosed, newlywed, aggressive cancer, you're right, this triple negative breast cancer is, when it is found a lot of times, it's more so women of color and younger women, and it is an aggressive cancer. So I wonder when you went through all of this, what did this teach you about yourself? Oh, man, how long is this show? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and I, I, I guess I should complete the story in the fact that I had um, a mastectomy, um, what they call a simple mastectomy, which is kind of an oxymoron, um, but it, what that means is um, it was uh, unilateral, just one breast, and um, thankfully I had a sentinel node biopsy um, wherein they test the first lymph node to see if it had any evidence of cancer because then they need to see how far the cancer might have spread via the lymph system, and I was very fortunate it hadn't spread to my lymph nodes, it hadn't spread to my chest wall, so it was, it was just the mastectomy. Um, I had immediate reconstruction. They put in a, um, a tissue expander, which in my case, uh, and, and the way that my plastic surgeon handled it, because I was not terribly well endowed, um, the tissue expander just became my implant. And um, then that was actually the easy part. The more difficult part was the 18 rounds of chemo that, that followed. And the first four rounds were a cocktail, a chemo cocktail. My oncologist decided because I was healthy and fit, um, albeit 57, that I should, um, instead of going three or sometimes even four weeks be between each of these treatments, they were going to slam them down to occur every other week. And just as they said would happen, 10 days after the first one, my hair began coming out. And two days after the infusion, um, the nausea sets in. And so she said, you're not going to like me very much, but you're going to be thrilled to be done. I'm a list maker. Um, I, I knew that going in. So I decided that in order to really work my way through this, um, I was going to put the number of remaining chemo sessions on a sticky note in my bedroom where I could see it from my bed. 
Each time we went to an infusion, and we would come home, and I'd take that note down and put the next number up. So the first four were very rough, and um, we shaved my head because, um, it was, you know, the hair thing, it really was not that big a deal. I was worried about what my skull might look like, you know, because as women, we don't know what our heads look like, you know, so I didn't know if it was going to be lumpy, if it was going to be veiny, if it was going to have, you know, moles on it, who knows. So I was happy to know that I have a red relatively normal-looking skull, and um, my husband is um, hair-challenged on top anyway, so we kind of look like a matched pair. And <laughs> what I learned was, first of all, uh, there's a saying that I, that I really love, and we've incorporated it into a couple of videos that we've done for the Women's Survivors Alliance, and that is that I'm stronger than I seem, um, I'm smarter than I think, and I'm more powerful than, than I believe. And that was really true. You know, I am an organized person, as everyone who's made it to 57 years old is. I've gone through my share of disappointments. You know, I've, I'd been divorced. My parents had died. I'd had heartache and disappointments in my life. And when you're fighting for your life, all of those seem extremely minimal as compared to what you're going after. So I, I was smarter and more courageous and stronger than I thought I was because I needed to call on all of those things to get through this. And as it happened um, with my son going to Afghanistan, and I, I might add that he and his family lived in England um, at the time. Um, he's a career Air Force intelligence agent. So um, they were not even there at the time of surgery. Now, my other wonderful son and his sweetheart were, of course, along with my husband, but him going into battle and me going into battle, we sort of paralleled um, and, and encouraged one another about having to face what we were going to have to face. And then while we were going through the midst of it, um, thanks to all of you in America, your tax dollars allow for servicemen to call the U.S., any time, any day of the week for free. So he and I spoke almost every day that he was in Afghanistan, and, and I think it was really helpful for both of us. He could share things with me that he couldn't share with his wife because he didn't want to frighten her, and I, for my part, could do the same thing. So it also, it also taught me to be a different kind of parent um, and, and being able to be strong, still be strong for my child even though he was 30 years old at the time. <laughs> so it's interesting. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM WIGO. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Wow. I mean, such amazing lessons and such courage. And I love this. You're stronger, smarter, and more courageous than you realize. I mean, we all 
need to learn that from time to time, you know, so that, that's uh, amazing lessons from that experience. Uh, and I think it's important because many times when women go through such a diagnosis, they, they sometimes go in the opposite direction where they really get to a place where they feel so sorry for themselves. And of course, we know that this is a, a terrible diagnosis, but to be able to have that mindset going in, I think is, is far better um, if you're going to survive this. So we can take a lesson from that. Now, one of the things you did was, you know, many people, when they go through what we consider to be bad experiences, they try to put it behind them. But you instead went on to be a co-founder of the Women Survivors Alliance, which kind of put uh, cancer diagnosis and survivorship in your face on a daily basis. What is that like? Well, um, let me... Um, let me first of all share a couple of um, facts with with your audience, and, and you as a doctor probably already know this, but um, number one, you are effectively considered a survivor, a cancer survivor, from the minute of diagnosis because that's the point in time in your life when you begin surviving cancer. So, and, and again, it's you know, one of those little tidbits that you learn going through the University of Cancer um, that I did not know until I was diagnosed. <clears throat> so a survivor is not simply um, someone who's finished um, their treatment. There are 7 million women cancer survivors in this country. That's more people than live in Norway or New Zealand or Denmark, that's a huge segment of our population. And thanks to um, earlier detection and better treatments, that number is going to continue to grow, which is just phenomenal news. Um, but the interesting part about survivorship is your first period of time as a cancer patient slash survivor is very choreographed. Um, you go to doctor's appointments, you discover or you determine what your course of treatment is going to be, you go through that treatment. Every moment of your life is very structured and that's comforting because you have no clue how to survive cancer. They're telling you how you're going to survive cancer and you just have to assume as a patient that the doctors, the team that you've chosen is, is wise and is doing the best thing for you. But then comes the day that when I got to pull off the last sticky note in my um, bedroom because I had finished chemo. And they quite literally unplug you from your last infusion. There's some flowers and maybe a cake and a big hurrah. And all your doctors say, good luck. Go have a good life. Now, true, you do go back at, a, at scheduled visits, for scheduled visits, and you're, you're um, kept track of because once you've had a cancer diagnosis, your um, possibility of a recurrence anywhere is higher than the general population. But survivorship brings an, an enormous amount of challenges you weren't expecting. In my case, um, there were physical issues that I hadn't researched. For as carefully as I had researched the diagnosis and the treatment, the survivorship part of it, I just thought I was going to be the old Judy again. And some of the doctors with whom I've spoken, one in particular um, for some magazine articles I've written about survivorship, 
has had a great quote for me, and that was her patients come back to her and say, I, when am I going to feel like myself again? When am I going to be the old Judy, Mary, Stephanie, Diane, fill in the blank? And her response is, never. You are not going to ever be that person again. That doesn't mean you aren't going to have a wonderfully productive, rich life. It just means you're different now. And when you think about it, it's sort of like the first time you have, the, or when you have your first child. You are never going to be a childless person again. You're straddled, um, saddled with that kid forever. And we joke about that in our family, about um, how when I get to be an old woman, I'm going to be as much of a burden on my children as they were on me their first 20 years. And we joke about that. But it's true. Once you've had a baby, your life changes enormously. And that's very true with the cancer diagnosis. So the issues I faced were... Um, significant joint pain, difficulty sleeping, horrible um, chemo brain, like a fog, like I, uh, almost as if I'd been drugged. I couldn't remember things. I'd, I'd be driving and then think, oh my goodness, how have I gotten here? So I started researching and realized I wasn't alone. When I was doing this research for my first magazine article, one of the doctors I interviewed <clears throat> mentioned my now very dear friend and co-founder, Karen Shane, who was organizing a Women's Survivors Convention. And I contacted her and said, look, I want to be a part of this. How can I help? What can I do? And over a very short period of time, we realized that we had similar focuses. She is a 20-year-old ovarian, 20-year ovarian cancer survivor who also was facing challenges even 20 years down the road. Um, the drugs that she'd been treated with um, led to early onset, of course, menopause and osteoporosis and all kinds of things. So we founded together the Women's Survivors Alliance with the idea that we are thrilled that we've survived cancer. We are thrilled that we were spared. But to educate women around the country and really around the world that survivorship issues are real, they are, we can support one another with um, our different treatments, that there is a world of information out there to help us in our survivorship. And we just had our first, um, our inaugural Women's Survivors Convention, the National Women's Survivors Convention in Nashville in August, 846 women survivors. Probably the best line I heard all weekend was, I've learned more in two and a half days than I learned in seven years of survivorship. And that's pretty powerful. That is powerful indeed. Let's take a break for our sponsors. When we come back, we will talk more to Judy Pearson, and we'll learn a little bit more about the organization she co-founded and just about what she's doing in general uh, with her writing profession. So we'll be right back after this short break. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. For the best in inspirational health information, listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. 
every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM, WIGO. Welcome back. If you are just joining us, welcome to Health Talk. Uh, my guest today is Judy Pearson, and she is a speaker and writer who survived breast cancer and did something about it. She's a co-founder of the Women Survivors Alliance, which is an organization aimed at helping women navigate cancer survivorship. And she's just really full of great lessons and, and information. And Judy, one of the things uh, I wonder if you can spell out for us is what, what exactly is the mission? You sort of alluded to it uh, before the break, but what exactly is the mission of your organization? For someone out there who is thinking of joining, what is the mission? The Alliance, the Women's Survivors Alliance, is um, it's pretty simple. We help women survive uh, or go through cancer survivorship, which is really the rest of their lives, with education, motivation, and life, life application. So as I mentioned before, I had had um, physical issues following um, the end of my treatment. Some women face psychosocial issues. There are sexual issues because your body has been completely rearranged. Some women um, have legal or financial troubles. They've lost their jobs. Their significant others have not been able to stay with them during the strain of, of diagnosis and treatment. They need help with nutrition. They need help with exercise they, and um, staying fit. So our mission is to support them in everything that their life entails. We do that in three ways. Um, first of all, as I mentioned, the annual National Women Survivors Convention, which we centrally located in Nashville because it's an easy place and a fun place, an easy place to get to and certainly a fun place to be. So the 2014 convention is July 31st through August 2nd in Nashville. Our second means of support is um, a digital magazine which launched at the convention um, this year. The magazine is called The Plum, Women Survivors Living the Plum Life, and it can be found at theplum.org. And just as, an, as a side note, uh, all cancers we're familiar with. All cancers have a ribbon color, probably the most famous, of course, being that it's October, it's pink, it's breast cancer month, the pink ribbons. The official color of, the, of survivorship of all cancers is purple. So theplum.org, plum being purple, and, um, and we kind of carried that theme through most everything we do. And by the way, the Women Survivors Alliance supports women survivors of all cancers, all stages, all ages, all women. And our third means of support is uh, come in the form of one-day events being held around the country um, as, at, at hospitals and cancer treatment centers. They're called Plum Life uh, Clubs. They are microcosms of the national convention in that we have um, <clears throat> breakout sessions. We talk about, again, we have speakers speaking about exercise, nutrition, um, sex, there's humor, um, and it's pretty much medical advice as well. It's pretty much determined by the host 
organization, the host hospital or the host treatment center. We've got four of them scheduled uh, for 2014, which is when we're beginning them. And you know, we're hoping to be able to reach as many women survivors via those three ribbons of support as possible. Certainly the greatest number via the plum. And new articles are being uploaded every week. It's just chock full of information. We have a book club. We have book giveaways. So I would encourage your listeners to certainly, um, it's free, go, go check out the plum. And, and I definitely encourage them to do that as well. I do want to ask you this uh, quick question because your organization is, um, uh, deals, if the focus is on survivors and survivorship. And a lot of times when we do hear about breast cancer, the push is prevention. Is there a reason you chose to focus more on the survivors? You certainly listed a lot of good reasons earlier, but is there any, any more you wanted to add? Just real quickly, in, in 2012, the Commission on Cancer mandated that all cancer treatment centers that they accredited, and that is about 1,500 in number across the country, that they put into effect some kind of survivorship program, knowing that this enormous number of survivors is going to continue to increase. So they see survivorship as an important focus, but really none of the hospitals or cancer treatment centers were prepared for um, supporting these numbers of survivors. So we realized that there's a great deal of research and dollars that go into um, prevention, into seeking a cure. Those things are, are hugely important, but very little focus was on survivorship. So that, that's our mission. And um, as I said, more and more cancer treatment centers are realizing the importance of that, um, and that's Basically, we found a, a niche and realized, because both of us had issues, that that would be an important place to give back. We call it having our second act. You know, there's your life before cancer and your life after cancer. So this is our second act. Uh, and I, I definitely think that's a really important mission. Now, as you mentioned, um, uh, women have gone through cancer, anyone who's gone through cancer, um, they're never the same. And so for us, who are there, whether we're friends or families or coworkers, what, what would you suggest as the best way for us to support a survivor? I think um, to a certain extent, of course, it's, it's being there for the survivor, um, whether it's as they're going through treatment or afterwards. Um, the most important thing is, is as a survivor um, is to have a safe place to discuss and to, to be able to, um, to communicate what's going on in your brain. And while, you know, it could be on any level. There could be a tremendous fear of survivorship, of, of actually living through the treatment. Um, there's fear of recurrence. There's concern over appearance. The issues go on and on. And so to have a safe place to be able to discuss that, whether it's with a spouse, with a family member, with you know a group of girlfriends, and just have, as a as a co-survivor, we call it someone who's there supporting you as a patient, just to listen, 
we understand that you can't generally, you can't often say, I understand, I've been there. We get that. And we also understand that you can't solve our problems. But just to be able to air them, to throw them out there and, and get them off our chest, even if those chests only have one or no boobs, that's important. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. That is important indeed. And uh, I love to leave listeners with a health tip of the week. And uh, my question to you is, um, what is the best advice you would give a woman who is newly diagnosed with breast cancer? My favorite quote of all time is, you can even eat an elephant a bite at a time. And I actually figured this out based on how big an average steak is. If you ate an elephant steak every night for a year, you could, you could actually eat an entire elephant. At the end of the year, all that would be left would be tusks and toenails and maybe some tail. So use that in your life as well. A cancer diagnosis is enormous. And trying to wrap your mind around the whole thing is impossible. So just take it a day at a time. Make it through one day at a time, and before you know it, you're going to look back and you're going to be at the end of your cancer journey and ready for a great new life as the new you. I like that. I think that's sage <laughs> advice for a lot of things. You know, that's take it. it one day at a time, definitely. Yep. Um, so tell us, I, I did mention at the top of the hour that uh, you are a writer. What's, what's in the horizon with that? I put together a little book of all of the magazine articles and the blogs that I had written during my, my treatment, um, and it's called It's Just Hair, 20 Essential Life Lessons, and it's really written for any life challenge, not just a health challenge or a cancer challenge. One of those lessons is about courage, and, and courage is a very um, near and dear subject for me. So I am currently working on a book called A Different Kind of Courage, Ten Lessons in Women's Bravery. Um, it will be out um, probably oh, summer to fall of next year, um, and I'm very excited about it. We don't give ourselves, we as women, don't give ourselves enough credit for being courageous. So this book explores the differences between men's and women's courage and helps us understand that as women... We are indeed very courageous creatures. We just have a different kind of courage. I like that. Wow, and it's called It's Just Hair. The, the, book, the book about life lessons is called uh-huh. It's Just Hair. The book about, and that is um, available for um, purchase on Amazon, and, and if you Google it, you can find it everywhere. Um, the other book, the book on women's courage is called A Different Kind of Courage, and that will be out um, in about a year. Wonderful. We look forward to that one, and I hope our listeners check out uh, It's Just Hair. That's available on Amazon. And so, uh, Judy Pearson, I really would like to thank you for coming on the show and sharing uh, such great advice. And I do encourage folks to go and check out uh, your organization and check out your website. And where, what's your website? Share that with us, please. So the digital magazine is theplum.org. And information on next year's Survivors Convention is at survivorsconvention.org. 
and I will make sure those are available on my Facebook page so that people can get directly to that. Thank you so much, Judy. This is uh, so great talking with you, and uh, thank you for sharing such wonderful information. My pleasure. It's been a really great experience for me as well. Great. All right, and listeners, I I want to thank you again for tuning in this week. I I know you've learned something new. That's always my goal on each broadcast, that you learn something new, and I'm pretty sure you have. I do want to remind you that your health is your wealth. So do something healthy this week. And a couple of things I want to remind you that Judy mentioned, which I think it's great to remember is that you are stronger, smarter, and more courageous than you realize. And as with everything, take it one day at a time. I think those are sage advice. So until next time, you take good care of yourself, do something healthy for yourself. Perhaps this is the week you decide to call up your doctor and schedule that breast exam that you've been putting off and do something healthy and take good care of yourself, everyone, until I see you next time on the broadcast. You have been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. on 1570 AM WIGO. Please tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the best in inspirational health information. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, or would like to receive her ebook on stress, please go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drdianethompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy for yourself. Have a great evening.